0: well good morning identity church i'm going to go ahead and get us started um i know that over the last few weeks uh we've had a visitor come in jason he you know he's a he was a basically an evangelist and you know just powerful the man knows how to the man knows how to actually connect with people in a way that i wish i had those gifts i have you know you're you know Mimi my mom she said that I could tell a story like anybody else's business I used to make up the greatest stories you could ever make up I mean when I was like five years old I could tell you a story but you know sometimes I don't I don't have that connection like with people I I think it's because of my size I walk in and you know everybody says I power pose I put my hand on my hips and I'm uh, and then I sit back and put my arms. And it's just because I'm trying to get comfortable. My back hurts or I'm wanting to, you know, I'm wanting to relax. But people are like, oh, you're so big and so intimidating. But somebody like Jason can just go into a situation and he just like melts everything. I mean, just like that, he can change the atmosphere. So I really wanted him to come in and, and talk to you talk to you guys and kind of show you. How, how you can minister to people on the street, how you can minister to people one-on-one, because it was really, really simple. Um, so if you didn't hear that, go, go find us on our podcast. Um, you'll see it, Evangelist Jason Gamble. But um, what I wanted to do is I'm going to stay in this vein of the love of God. And two weeks ago, I finished up one of the messages on tough love. And I went through there, and I'm going to tell you what, I felt like it was powerful because I felt like that a lot of times we conflate what love is. Sometimes we, we think that, that if I'm loving somebody, I can't tell them the truth, or I can't stand for truth. But see, we found out last week that that's not, that's not true at all, that truth and love are the same thing. I need to talk to people in truth. If somebody is about to fall off the edge of a cliff, we need to tell them, hey, don't go over there near the cliff. Well, what if it hurts their feelings? (laughs) Well, I'd much rather hurt their feelings than them die. See, love and truth are the same thing. And what we have to understand is that we can be kind and we can be patient with people but let's not not conflate that condemnation and truth are two things that are together because the world wants to tell us that. The world wants to say, well, your truth, and listen to what I'm saying, your truth, it really hurt my feelings. Well, guess what? There's a lot of times where things like that might hurt someone's feelings. But do you know that when I tell you the truth in love, then we have what happened, and I, I'm gonna I'm gonna actually start off with one of the last slides that I that I had uh, for for that particular uh, for the the tough love because we see that in Genesis four that Cain killed Abel. Now I want to up front I'm gonna apologize because I got really I got really excited. And I conflated the two Enoch's together. So I apologize. This is not, Cain's son Enoch is not the same one that walked with God. So just gonna tell you straight up. I messed up. My bad. But it didn't change the meaning. See, Cain, he kills Abel, and God comes down and asks Cain, He goes, Where's your brother? And he goes, Am I, am I your, my brother's keeper? And he tells him, he says, "He says his blood cries out from the ground. So you are now cursed from the earth. So God says, hey, I'm going to curse you. And what does Cain say? He says, because he said, you will not be able to till the ground. No longer shall you yield its strength to you. You will be a fugitive and a vagabond. You shall be on the earth. And Cain said, this is too much for me to bear, Lord. You know, most people, and I even mentioned this last week, we have all these movies that came out, like Highlander and all these other things that came out and said, you know, these people are from Cain and they walked the earth and they, you know, they have some curse on them that they can't be killed and all this stuff. Well, they didn't keep reading Genesis chapter 4. Because if you keep reading Genesis chapter 4, you find out that when Cain couldn't love, god loved for him in fact genesis four fourteen says surely you have driven me out this day from the face of the ground i shall be hidden from your faith face i shall be a fugitive and a vagabond on the earth and it will happen that if anyone finds me they will kill me and this is where god said you know what i'm gonna love you even though you didn't love I'm going to love you even though you killed your own brother. I'm going to love you even though you're not even repentant. You know, there's a difference between repentance, which means, hey, I'm going to turn and go the other way, and I'm just sorry that you caught me. I'm just being honest here. Cain was sorry that he got caught. I mean, there's been a lot of times. I mean, go ask my parents. You you know, see, I'm fortunate to be able to pastor my own parents because they'll go and tell stories on me. Where I broke things and I was like, hey, it was my cousin. And dad was like, I don't care if it's your cousin and you. You're both getting a whipping." Because this is, the, this is the truth behind it all. Is the fact that most of the time we would just like to be able to hide our sin. And see, Cain was like, I can't handle your punishment, Lord. And so God in his infinite mercy and in his infinite wisdom... What does he do for Cain? In verse 15 it says, The Lord said unto him, Therefore, whoever kills Cain, vengeance shall be taken on him sevenfold. And the Lord set a mark on Cain, lest anyone should find him and kill him. Then Cain went out from the presence of the Lord and dwelt in the land of Nod on the east of Eden. And Cain knew his wife, and she, keved, I'm sorry, keved. she conceived and bore Enoch, and built a city. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I've been told Cain all of my life. Oh, Cain. You know, he basically was walking around. He had this mark on him. And it was an ugly mark. It was a mark that kept Cain down. That he was, he was way low. And that everybody that saw him ridiculed him. Did y'all see that in here? No. God loved Cain... When Cain couldn't even love himself. Because Cain said, Hey, I'm, des- I'm worthy of being killed by everybody that sees me. And God says, You know what? I'm gonna put my mark on you. You ever had a mark put on you? See, a lot of times we, we don't understand things like this. But a mark was marked for someone's glory, for someone's use. So let me just, let me just say, say it like this. Cain was marked as one of God's. No one could kill him. Nobody could do anything to him. Or they got a seven-fold retribution on their head. I don't know about y'all, but I never heard this until I actually read this and started studying it out. God's mercy was so amazing. Amazing. Because what God did was he said, you're not worthy of any of this. You are worthy of death. You're worried. You are worthy of the worst thing. But you know what? I'm going to love you even though you can't love yourself. And I'm going to mark you as my own. And he became a great city. In fact, the city was actually named after his son. He created a whole atmosphere. He created... An area. And it was because Enoch was marked. He wasn't cursed. Enoch was blessed. And you may be thinking to yourself, well, he killed his brother. But you know what? When God saw him and said, you know what? I'm going to give him mercy because I love him. You know, God didn't create Adam and Eve and all of us just as a, you know, oh, I'm looking for worshipers. How many people think, hey, I'm just a worshiper. That's all I do is I'm just supposed to go around and just worship Jesus. Hallelujah. Well, guess what? There's, There's more broken people out there that are not following Jesus than are worshiping Jesus. It's just a fact. God loves us all and he created us all for his love. See, God's looking for mercy and peace in your life. Even when you've messed up, God is trying to find a way to create in you grace and peace. Now, that flies in the face of everything that we've ever been told. But I'm going to tell you what. Jesus was sent at the moment Adam and Eve fell God told him, he said, he said, the seed of the woman will bruise your head, talking about Satan. That was a declaration of Jesus is coming. I'm going to do something because you messed up. I am going to make it right. He didn't even think about it. He didn't even stop. He just said, I'm sending one that can save your soul. One that can save your heart, one that can save your spirit. Because Adam separated himself from God. Man, it's really quiet in here. I hope everybody hope everybody is okay with this. I'm, I'm just trying to, trying to, to build you up this morning that, that we've, got, we've got such awesome things in God that, that He loves you no matter what you've done. Are there consequences on this earth? Oh, absolutely. There's consequences. But guess what? He wants to bless you. There, it, it would, he would just stop the human race right at Adam and Eve and not even made the promise of Jesus Christ if, if He didn't love us and wanted to create us for us to love Him and for Him to love us. See, this was a relationship thing from the beginning. This wasn't God trying to create a science project in his backyard. You know, I always, I always think it's funny because I, you know, I work with a bunch of people that in the past has told me, hey, you know, God just seems like he's just trying to create a science project if, that's, if there is a God. No. God wanted somebody that had the will to either accept him or reject him. And see, that's what love truly is. Love is a choice. <clears throat> and love in the Bible is the word agape. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run through some of these. I know Vicky and I were talking about the, the words of, of, you know, the Greek words for love. I've got most of them down here. There's probably a lot more. But these are the ones that I could find that I could do. If you want these, I'll give them to you. But I'm really gonna, only going to be focusing on the ones that are in the Bible today. The ones that are in the Bible today is agape, which is the God kind of love. It is the kind of love that is like a love feast. It chooses from a whole smorgasbord. By the way, I went and looked up that word because I love the word smorgasbord. I don't know, it just sounds good when I say it. Smorgasbord. I feel like there's a New Yorker person going, Hey, it's a smorgasbord. But do you know that it's not, it's not a, an Italian word? It's not any other word that you would consider to be New York. It's actually a Swedish word that means a variety of things. Do you know that God created us as a variety of things? We're, there's no two people that are alike. We have different fingerprints. We have different mentalities. God created us out of love as a smorgasbord. Complete and total wide variety of people, attitudes. You know, if you got a bad one, God still loves you. If you got a good one, he still loves you. The next one is Eros. This is the kind of one when I saw Heather, I was like, whoa baby, look at her. You know, that was... That was the thing is that most people see, uh, you know, see somebody they're attracted to and they go, Eros, uh, I'm attracted to you. Now, this is an intimate love. It's a sexual love. it's, It's all those different kinds of love. But that kind of love only lasts while those things are able to happen. That is not the choosing kind of love. You know, we can also, it doesn't have to do with just a person. Do you know that there's plenty of times that I go and look at cars online? We were actually talking about this morning. I loved my 1980 Monte Carlo that somebody just sideswiped me and took it out. So sometimes I'll go and I'll look for some of these old cars. And I think, I think I can make that work. I can go buy that car. I can do this. I mean, Matt does this all the time. Just go over to his house. He's got one half taken apart, and he's got another 65 sitting beside it. I mean, people see things, and they go, Whoa, baby! That is good looking. And it could be a car. It could be whatever it is. And see, eros is this word for an an attractive love. It's something that I've got to have. How many people have saw something that they've got to have and they go buy it and then they have buyer's remorse afterwards. If you don't raise your hand, you're a liar because everybody has said, I'm going to go buy that car. I'm going to go buy that, you know, look, China, uh, bought guitars. I mean, I bought all these other things and thought I probably should have waited. I probably should have did some more research. But do you understand that that attractive love is only but for a short time. It is not the God kind of love. Because the God kind of love, it chooses you and keeps choosing you. And it never, unconditionally, it just keeps choosing. No matter what you've done, it just keeps choosing you. you. It's just like in mine and Heather's marriage. I just keep choosing her and she keeps choosing me. So we live in the God kind of love. I can do something stupid, which I do all the time, and she still chooses me. You know what? I sit there and I go, thank God. I mean, if she ever leaves me, I'm going to go with her. I mean, that's just the way it's going to happen. Because I'm going to continue to choose her over and over and over again. You know... Brock called me old this morning, so i i'm 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 going to go with this, but I've been married almost twenty five years it'll be twenty five years in august i'll be forty five this coming up month. I mean, I am getting older. Do you know that the things that were important to me when I was twenty years old and got married are not as important as the things that I have now. Do you know that I'm about to have a I'm about to have a son-in-law that's going to come into to the fold. Do you know that my life is starting to become for other people rather than me trying to build my own life? You know, besides me choosing all the things that I think are neat and fun, and, woo, I want that, I'm starting to choose things because I go, how can it benefit somebody else? Now, there's probably 20-year-olds that think that way. Not a lot, but I'm just telling you that that choosing something means that I go, I don't have to like it, I have to love it. See, that's where we get into this other one, it's called phileia. And we get the word phileo, and we get the phileia. And all of these words are basically out of this word that means Brotherly love. It means being equal to or aspiring to. Like if I saw Brock walking down the street and I said, man, I really like that he's bald and he's got this big beard and everything else. And that's what I want to do. So I'm going to go find out something from Brock. I'm going to find out what beard oil he uses and and all that kind of stuff. Do you know that that is a like that's not a love? That's a I want to have something equal to whatever you're doing. You know, there's people all over the world that are aspiring to be Elon Musk or to be one of these other people that has created all this stuff. And even though Elon Musk is our current Iron Man, he is like Tony Stark, you know Elon Musk is no more, I mean, he's as much human as you are. He has the same problems fact the man actually has asperger's disease and you know it's crazy to me because this man he is you know he's so smart and he has all these different things but i would not aspire to have his life one bit now some people may be going you're crazy he has 246 billion dollars Yes, if I had $246 billion, I can have any life I want. But I want you to understand that the life that I have in Christ Jesus outweighs any amount of money. It outweighs anything that he's ever accomplished in his life. It's because it's my life, it's not his. You know, I can like things that people do, but I need to aspire to choose love with people. I don't have to like everything that people do. I just have to love. See, that's that's one of the things I want you to understand about this brotherly love is the fact that most of the time people are loving on each other because they like each other. Hey, I see something in Charlie that I'd really really like. I'm going to go hang out with Charlie. So I want you to understand that that in these loves, the reason why the God kind of love is, is what we're going to kind of talk about. We're going to talk about the difference between that and phileo today, the brotherly kind of love. It's because I want you to understand that choosing is so much more powerful than liking. So this is kind of our foundational scripture here. John chapter 15, verse 12. It says, this is my commandment that you love. This word love is the agape. It's the unconditional God kind of love. The the smorgasbord, if you will. The variety of choice that you get to have. It says, love one another as I have loved you. Greater is is this that, I'm sorry. Greater love has no one than this that a man laid down his life. For his friend. In verse 16 it says. You didn't choose me. But I chose you. And I appointed you. That you should bear fruit. And that your fruit should remain. That whatsoever you ask of the father in my name. I will give to you. These things I command you. Love one another. Agape one another. Choose one another. You know, if I have everybody out here, do you know that a lot of times we feel bad if we go to a, go to a big dinner and it's like, well, there's 27 things to eat. Well, if there's 27 things to eat, I'm going to eat all 27. See, that's what God's saying here, is that I'm supposed to eat of the fruit of everybody's tree. Each one of you has a gift. Each one of you has A love. Each one of you has purpose. And we're supposed to partake of everyone. Do I I like everyone? Absolutely not. And there's some people that I won't hang around with like 24 by 7. But you know what? I can love on them and I can give them of my fruit. In fact, that's what it actually says here. In verse 16, we got the fruit of God out of the choosing because He wanted us to bear fruit. Do You know that when I choose somebody, I'm giving them of myself. I'm not asking in return. Do you, know that, do you know that if I end up choosing to love on somebody, I'm not asking for something in return. I want you to eat of my fruit so that you get the seed you know that's the beauty thing about a, about if I had an apple up here and I took that apple and I ate every bit of the apple and let's just say let's just say that Heather gave me an apple well that was her fruit and I ate of that apple now I've got five seeds one apple five seeds that means I can plant five trees See, there's a multiplication in the kingdom of God that most people don't understand. Every single time somebody gives you fruit, there is multiple seeds so that you can bear the same fruit. You know, there's an old adage that says that that you can give a man a fish and he can eat for a day. You can teach a man to fish and he can eat for a lifetime. I love the one that also says that if you teach a man to fish, he learns how to cuss. But... That is a joke, okay? But but the, the problem comes down to is that most of the time we eat the fruit of everybody's tree and we throw the seeds away so they never get planted inside of us. God, guys, I... I'm hoping this breaks through in a minute because I, I want everybody to understand that choosing people gives you the opportunity to take their seed and to be able to plant it in you and for you to be able to give them their fruit and to be able to plant it in them. See, that's what the choice of the goodness of God is, is that he is constantly giving us the ability to produce. You know that he is the creator. We are the procreators. It means he gave us inside of ourselves the ability to create other humans. It's pretty awesome. Now, I don't create some new species that has never existed before. That would make me a creator. But the same thing with fruit. God gave us the fruit of the spirit. Love, joy, peace, long suffering goodness, gentleness, meekness, contentment, all of those things, peace. He gave it to us so that it would be a seed planted in us through the Holy Spirit that lives on the inside of us. And now, because that lives on the inside of us, we can bear fruit, and I can give fruit to other people. And because I give that fruit to other people, they're able to grow their own trees of of peace and of joy and of love. See, choosing others brings out the best in people. You get to choose to love people and they get a seed off your tree and they can plant it in their heart and now it will produce fruit in their own life. How many people love football out here? How many people are Auburn fans? Brock is not going to like me for a few seconds, okay? <laughs> See, what I, I put this thing up here. It says, if you ain't first, you're Auburn. Now, I say this because there's a lot of camaraderie that comes along with that. You know, Brock and I, we used to work together and we would mess around Alabama, Auburn football. But, you know, there's three areas that I can find in the state of Alabama that are, the, are one of those things that probably don't need to have a lot of conflict but do. And it's the things I put up here. Football, politics, and religion. Football, politics, and religion are the things that, that will just drive people apart. You know, if I come up and I say, hey, I'm an Alabama fan, and Brock says, hey, I'm, a, I'm an Auburn fan, if we know each other, we can have good camaraderie. You know, my dad and, and my granddad used to sell meat to all these meat markets across the southeast. And what they would do is, I remember Papa would talk about this, He would go in working for Ziggler's. He'd go in and he would create a football pool. And everybody loved to play the football pool. And you'd have Alabama people and Auburn people and Georgia people. It didn't matter. It was something to create camaraderie. But nowadays what we've done is we've created as another divisive divider between us. The same thing about politics Used to, you could have a Republican and a Democrat and they would be side-by-side talking to each other and you could find some commonality. Now, just the thought, uh, I mean, I could sit here and, and I've seen this. You can go watch videos. You can see people that will have the same political stance but say that it came from one of the other political parties and they'll say, who said this? Was it... Oh, Trump or was it Obama or was it this person or that person? And what will happen is, is that if you said that if you're talking to a Democrat and you said Trump said it, but it was actually something for Obama, they don't even listen to what was being said. They just said, well, I'm going to find a way to be opposite of that and vice versa. See, what we've done is we've created division in our hearts through everything. Things that used to be fun, we we completely use that as a division point. Politics, we should be finding ways of being able to find commonality so that we can run a country, so that we can have peace. You know, that's what the Lord said. He said, actually, we should be praying for our politicians because we want peace in our country. We're not looking for division in our country. We're wanting peace in our country. So we need to be praying for them so that they will find commonality. Now, does that mean that we're always going to find commonality? Absolutely not. But we still, even in the things that we don't find common, we should be able to push them aside and find the right way to be able to run our lives. But we don't. Everything's a dividing line. Religion. Let's not even get on that. We can go and talk between the Baptist and the Methodist and the Presbyterian and the Episcopal and the Catholic and the non-denominational. By, by the way, praise the Lord, this is non-denominational church. So, I, I'm I'm am Swiss here. Okay, I'm just going to play middle ground. But I look at it like this: most most everybody came from somewhere, and just because you had a problem with something. Doesn't mean you throw everything away. Now, nah, I wasn't going to do this, but I'm going to. You know, right, why there's, there's probably like 15 Baptist churches in Alabaster proper? There may be like 25. But anyway, it's because one person in the church said, hey, I didn't like something. I'm going to go start my own church over here. And what you do is you get little pockets of division. So now we can't even worship together. Now we can't even agree together. Now we can't even have love towards each other. So in John chapter 15 verse 18 it says, If the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love you. This world love right here is phileo. It's the brotherly love. It means I like what they're doing. How many, people, how many people like you know, like what certain people are doing in the world and what certain people are not doing? You can go turn on the, the news right now, and I can tell you whether you're a Democrat or Republican based upon what news channel you watch. I can. If you tell me what news channel you're watching, I, I absolutely know what you listen to. Because guess what? If you go listen to the other one and you're not on that side within a few minutes, you're pretty agitated. I'm just going to be honest with you because they're so far different now. You know, back in the 90s, you would turn on CNN and you'd turn on Fox News. There was was commentation that happened at certain times, but the news, the actual news sounded the same. It, It just came out of different people's mouths. Nowadays, it's so far away from each other And we have so many more news outlets that are trying to pander to two different ideologies. Do you know that the division of the world says, hey, I like this or I don't like this. Yet, because you were not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. This word hate is mesos, and it means to detest you. See, when we were, when we had prayer in school, when we had all of the avenues of of everybody had Christian values, we could all find something to get along with. The reason why we don't have that is because there are great portions. Now, maybe not here in the belt buckle of the Bible Belt called Alabama. Roll Tide. Anyway, the belt buckle of the Bible Belt we have a lot of people who believe the same thing. I can go find people on the left and right, and we can kind of, we can kind of find commonality. But see, we don't get our news from, from Alabama most of the time. We get it from New York City or Los Angeles or maybe Chicago or one of these other places. And what happens is, is that there's a huge divide. And that's what I want want you to see here is that we are creating an opportunity where truth, the hard truths of love, no longer exist in certain pockets. And so now we get into this thing where we start detesting each other. And if we start detesting each other, then we don't choose each other. If you find out that somebody is votes a certain way or or they have a certain football team or they have a certain thing that they do on a regular basis that you detest. Guess what we do? We shun. Nope, not going to have anything to do with you anymore. I defriended you on Facebook. That's the ultimate. Boom, you're gone. You no longer exist to me. But see, what I want you to understand is that phileo... This brotherly kind of love is the like kind of love. It's, it's that I want to be like you. I want to have things like you. I, want, I embody your mentality. I embody what you do. You know, I've actually lost friends because I don't hunt. I don't have time to hunt, but I, I've had people that go, hey, well, you know, I hunt most of the time, so I'm just going to go over here and talk to these people. Okay. But see, what I want you to understand is is that I can find commonality with anybody. I can love on people and choose them for who they are. Because if I use the God kind of love, the unconditional kind of love, I can look at each and every one of you. And Right now I am, and there's some Eskimos over here. Y'all real cold? I mean... Okay, I've got some I've got some yeses and I've got some noes. The the noes have it. Okay, so we're gonna bring more clothes next time. Okay, but but I want you to understand that hey, we're not fighting each other over the AC. Dad's back there guarding it. I mean, he's keeping it. You know, right now the hot people and the cold people are about to have a, a war inside the sanctuary here. But I want you to understand that. That if we don't choose each other based upon love and we only choose people because we like them or we want to embody what they believe and how they believe, then guess what? You're only going to hang out with those people. You're only going to think like those people. You're only going to love on those people. And you know what? That brings a loveless society. It's going to bring lovelessness into your family. It's going to bring lovelessness into your jobs. It's going to bring lovelessness into your friendships. You know, I've seen people that have been friends for 30, 40 years, and one of the people make a change in their political ideologies or their religious status or whatever it is, and and it's like incommunicado. Not going to talk to you anymore. I had a friend in high school... He was like my brother, come up in a bad situation. The moment that I started going to church and the moment I rededicated my life to Jesus and I started doing things in church, he would talk to me. But little by little, our relationship kept getting further and further apart. And you know, the problem was is that every time I tried to reach out to this person, he'd be like, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm... I'm going to come see you, or or yeah, we can get together. But do you know that after I got married, I had one encounter with him, and I haven't seen him since, and that was 25 years ago. And do you know that this person was somebody that I grew up with all my life, but it was because of my affiliation with, with the church, because I got married? Do you know that those things once I quit liking the same things that they did, the moment that I quit thinking, I started going, hey, I'm going from, hey, let's go party to I got to go pay the bills. Well, that, that changed our relationship completely. And so I want you to understand that when we are no longer a part of the world or other people's worlds, if they have no choosing or love for you, You will find out really quickly, did they just like you or did they love you? You know that the love of God, he never leaves us or forsakes us, even when he doesn't like us. You know, God God doesn't have to like us because we're supposed to like him. We're supposed to embody God. God's not trying to embody us. He's trying to bring us up to a different level. I hope y'all just got that. Can I say that again? Because I feel like that just missed. It was like, whew! Right over the top of the head. You know, my dad used to talk to Heather all the time. She had this poof that she would do, and she'd pop up the hair on top of her head. It was, in the 90s, it was bigger. It wasn't a beehive, but it was close. And dad would say it was, dad, dad would say it was her joke speed bump. That she needed it in order to stop because dad would tell a joke and they were pretty bad. But they would like hit and she'd go, huh? And so he goes, you need to get that speed bump higher because you need to be able to understand the joke. I need y'all to pull up your speed bumps, okay? Because this is something that's important. If I like something, then that means I embody What that thing is. And I want it. Does that make sense to everybody? Can can you understand that? How about this? God wants you to be like him. He's not trying to come down to your level. To be like you. He wants to give you everything that you. That you could never imagine. You can't even imagine. What God wants to give you. And what he has for you. Do you know that if God was to come down to our level, we would be, the, the human race would be done. God wants you to embody everything because guess what Jesus came to do? He came to give you life. What is this life? He came to give you the adopted life into the family of God if you don't have His family, if you don't have His name, if you don't have His stuff and become like Him, then you're never going to get over whatever you're in. So I don't want God to like me. I want to like Him. I want to embody everything that He's got. I want God to love me. I want Him to choose me in every situation with everything. So that I can be like him. So that I can boldly go into the throne room of God. I don't have to to mess around and say, God, forgive me 55,000 times before he actually does something. No. I want him to choose me so that now that because I'm in Christ Jesus, I'm a part of the family. And I've told this before. I've got a key to my dad's house. I could go in there right now and I could go eat hot dogs out of his refrigerator. I've done it all my life. Done it all of my life. That's not going to change. Because dad says, hey, what's yours is mine and what's mine is yours. Now, that's not the way it works with Heather. Everything's hers. And I just, you know, I just get to borrow some of it from time to time. But what I want you to understand is that every single time we have this concept of God I just want you to understand me. No, I don't want God to understand me. I want to understand him more so I can be more like him every single day because he has adopted me into the family. And if I know who I am in him, then I never have to deal with my own problems again. He sent Jesus to do it for me. There should be some shouting, people running around. There should be, Hallelujah! Because now that I am in him then those in him realities become in me and then out of my fruit i get to feed people and out of my fruit they get the seeds and they get to plant them on the inside of them now they have forests of trees that are growing fruit out of me and out of what heather puts into them and what reba and charlie and everybody else that's putting in that's the beauty of the church Is that when we bring people into the church, we're supposed to be feeding them our fruit and giving them our seeds. And they're supposed to be embodying that. And every single thing that happens, we're pointing back to Jesus and saying, Jesus, I want to be like you. Do you understand that every single time that we say, I'm tired of being hated by the world. Maybe I can soften this, or maybe I don't have to say this, or maybe I don't need to do this. Well, guess what? You're taking away an opportunity for somebody else to eat of your fruit and also take your seed. Because sometimes they need to know that they need to plant that. You know, I've met plenty of people in my life where I've given them things, and I just see where they just constantly need, they need something. They need something emotionally. They need something financially. They need whatever it is. I've got my hand out. I need it. I need it. I need it. I need it. And the moment that you go to them and say, well, you know what? You probably wouldn't need this if you just, whatever it is, fill in blank. And they go, well, are you judging me? Well, my gosh. Well, I've never had anybody treat me like this before. Well, the next time you want me to pull my wallet out and you want me to do something for you, then I'll, I want you to understand that you could be that person for somebody else. That you could live this God kind of life where he is putting into you. Now, I'm going to tell you what. I feel like I just brought us down a little bit. Let, let's lift ourselves up a little bit before we get out of here, okay? I'm going to do this last one. Somehow, man, what in the world happened to my little pitcher there? That is awful. Well, praise God, we're going to move on anyway. Um, So Matthew chapter 5, verse 43 through 48. This right here is the embodiment of everything that we've talked about. Matt, can I go ahead and get you to come up? In fact, in Matthew chapter 5, verse 43, it says, You have heard this, it said, that you shall agape, you shall choose your neighbor, and detest, hate your enemy. Verse 44 says, But I say unto you, love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. This word bless is the word eulogio. It means to speak into someone's life. Now, I added some of these other words in here. We're supposed to speak God's word into people's lives. We're supposed to speak truth into people's lives. We're supposed to create opportunities for people to say, I can be different. And it says, do good to those who hate you and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you that you may be the sons of your Father in heaven. So, hey, there's that adoption piece that I'm talking about here. Jesus himself is saying, You're going to be adopted into the kingdom one of these days. When I go to the cross and I die on the cross, then I'm going to forgive all of your sins and I'm going to plant something on the inside of you. In fact, it's going to be a new creature in Christ Jesus. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says that the old thing has passed away and now I have this new creature that lives on the inside of me. It's my old spirit been remade and reformed back into the likeness of God in Christ Jesus. And see, what I want you to understand is that your Father that is in heaven is giving you the ability to be able to choose people that won't choose you. You know, there are people that I've worked with in the past that I've put seeds into that I find out now, 20 plus years later, that they're going to church, that their family is following God. Now, I would love to be able to say that's all about me. I was the one that did that. You know that that's not true. The Holy Spirit uses every seed that is planted on the inside of you in order to be able to grow you. And eventually, when the fruit comes out, you're just like, man, I'm looking for Jesus. I'm ready. How many people, when they got saved, they got born again, that they were like, I'm ready. It was on the inside, screaming out, I'm I'm ready. I'm ready for this to happen. Do You know that in every situation in our life, we're trying to find people that we can choose so that they can choose Jesus. And it doesn't matter about us. It matters about when we give that fruit. We're giving the seed. And every time we give the seed, up to five of them out of an apple can be planted. I go put a pomegranate. There's hundreds. You know, I want to be a pomegranate giver. That's one of the reasons why I'm standing on stage is because right now I'm throwing this fruit out there. I'm like, guys, eat it faster. Can we get more fast in our eating and our planning and our growing so that we can go out in the world and we can affect and change people in a way that they've never seen in their life? We have a hurting and dying world that is out there that they don't understand. They are so blind to the things that are going on that one thing completely destroys them and it destroys their relationships and it destroys everything about them. In fact, um, in verse 46 it says, for if you love, if you choose, to, if you choose those who love you, what reward do you have? See, what I want you to understand is the world can do this. It says even the publicans, even the even the people who take money from you. How many people's had IRS take something from you? They don't choose anybody. But see, if I choose just the people that love me. My group is very small. But if I choose, though, those people, that they might detest me. They may not like me. But if I choose them and I I keep putting back into them, then now we have what is in verse 47. And it says, and if you greet your brothers only, and do you do more than others, even the tax collectors do this so it says, Therefore you shall you shall be perfect as your father in heaven is perfect. Do you want to know that being in perfection, complete and total perfection, is where I can turn off my my ego switch? And I, I can allow myself to love people that may not love me. There may be situations in your life right now where people have wronged you people have created things that are barriers between you and them and God is screaming out today and saying I choose them and I choose you why can't you choose each other now I'm I'm not saying that if somebody's been bad to you that you go and you put yourself in a bad situation but you know what there are opportunities For us to be able to choose to love. Choose to love doesn't mean putting yourself in harm's way. Choose to love means that when I can love that I choose them over my own devices. Not my own safety but I may go I don't want to go deal with them today Lord. And he goes I didn't want to deal with you either. But I chose you. Because you have a purpose. Each and every single person in here has a purpose. And each and every single person out there has a purpose. We just have to understand that if we want to be perfect in the Father, then we have to choose each other. You know, the most perfect thing God ever did, this is what makes Him so much better than all of us is that his ability to choose people who have wronged him and there's probably like seven billion of them on this planet that he has done this over and over and over he just keeps doing what he did to Cain you know what You should be marked for death, but I'm going to mark you for life. I'm going to mark you as one of my own. I'm going to make you a part of my family. I'm going to cut a covenant with you because I'm the strongest and you're the weakest. I will stand for you when there's no one else to stand for you. That's perfect. And as everybody bows your head and closes your eyes, I just want to pray right now over everybody because I know that that in my own life, I've had situations where I've said, Father, I just, why them? Why them? Why do I have to choose them? Why can't you just let them go and bring somebody else and I'll choose them? The Lord says, no, they're a part of your forest. They're a part of the the great commission that God has put in your life. You want to go change the world? Go change your world. If you can change your world, then you can change the world one piece at a time. One avenue at a time. You know, if I was was Billy Graham, I, I, I don't think that Billy Graham got everybody in the world saved. He hit a lot of people. But you know, the thing is, is that we're not called to change the world. We're called to change our world. So I'm going to pray over you. Father, we come to you in Christ Jesus' name. I just pray right now over each and every person that is in here. I know, Father, their hearts. I've seen them. I know that they're saved, Father. But I thank you, Father, that now we're going to the next level That we're going to the next level of loving and choosing all those that detest us i pray in jesus name that we're able to just push through to push through to perfection father in each and every one of our lives i just pray that we just push through and that and that for those people that you make it easy that you make the gate Ne- the, the narrow gate wider Father form, you make it straight for them so that they can walk this path. I know right now in their own mind, there there's people they're thinking about saying, I just don't know if I can love them. But Father, in Jesus' name, I pray that the Holy Spirit opens up opportunities to where those people can have the perfect relationship to choose each other. I pray, dear Lord, that in every one of their families, in every one of their friend groups, in their jobs, I thank you, Father, that there is opportunities opening up for them right now to where there is going to be reconciliation, that there is not going to be hate anymore, but that there's going to be promise and there's going to be love. And Father, I just pray over each and every person that's at the sound of my voice that you give them those opportunities. But also bless them as they go out this week. Help them to grow their cities. Just like you did with Cain. Where you, I know you've marked each and every one of them for your glory. I just thank you, dear Lord. They're able to build their city. They're able to build their world, Father. And I just thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. If you have any needs for prayers, I'll be down here at the front. But if there's nothing else, then I'm just going to let you go. Everybody, have a great week. Love you guys.